Hello, and welcome to the Webtoon Room. I'm Will. And I'm Crudy. And today, we're here to talk about Cursed Princess Club. Once again, we're going to be talking about Season 3, which just had its finale. Yeah, we had a nice little chat uh, last week, which hopefully you guys listened to. It was so much fun with the Lori Limpod girls. It was so nice to have them on. It was an absolute blast. I think this is the most that we've actually laughed ever on a podcast, like in a recording. We were laughing even before we started recording. I had I had tears of laughter before we even started the recording. We were just chatting with Aaron and Zoe and yeah. <laughs> There's such a dang delight. They're just so good. Um, So I really hope you all are listening to Laura Limpod. We highly recommend it. There's just as funny on their podcast as they were on our podcast last week. It was really fun discussing webtoons with another person on the podcast. That was the first time that we've done that. Like, I know you and I are fans of Curse Princess Club, and we'll get into all of that. But it was really cool to hear someone else's perspective on the story, because they brought up some stuff that we didn't even think about. Yeah, there were some things that it's not that we missed, it's just we don't have the same frame of reference they do, and they brought up some points that kind of blew us away a bit. For sure, and it's actually made me more excited to do this episode between the two of us discussing season three, because they brought up some stuff that, I mean, like we said, we just didn't have the same life perspective, and it sort of rounded out my view of some of the way, and actually increased my appreciation of Lambcat in the way that the writing of Cursed Princess Club handles certain issues. It's really freaking cool. I feel the exact same way. Yeah, and speaking of, we are going to be doing that today. We're going to be talking about Season 3 of Cursed Princess Club. And before we get into it, massive spoiler warning, if you have not read Season 3 of Cursed Princess Club, or if you've not read Cursed Princess Club at all, and you do not want to be spoiled, turn back now but come back later when you have read it because we'd love to have you here but spoiler warning here you have been warned So what I was going to say here is that it's been a while since we talked about Curse Princess Club, which is a lie since we talked about it last week, as we said earlier. But Curse Princess Club was our first episode of the Webtoon Room, and it's been a while since we've talked about it in our usual season review, a little more analysis-heavy kind of style. It is so weird to go back and listen to. I've tried it, and it's not that we didn't have good things to say, but man, yeah, it's weird having like... 35 plus episodes of podcasting does help you get better at it. Uh, and I definitely feel that difference, but it's really cool at the same time. Yeah, it is. And we've come a long way. And <laughs> <laughs> we really, really have. And speaking of people who have come a long way, Gwen and Frederick, man. It's weird. Not a lot of time has passed in-universe inside of Cursed Princess Club in Season 3. But for us, you know, you and I, Curdy, we've been reading since June, since right. it came back. Right. 
and all the way to the finale we've been reading it week by week so ah it's it's weird it feels like a journey doesn't it like we've been on a journey with them and um, i mean imagine we came in when the story had already aired up to season two if you've been reading from the beginning these characters have come a long way you've grown with them you know yeah and i'm sure the You've got something close to we've got, which is this whole bouquet of different emotions and feelings as they kind of evolve and change over time, as they have for us, even just for this one season. Because as we're going to talk about later, we've changed our mind about certain characters or certain things, or we feel stronger or a little less strongly about certain things. And it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to dive into. Yeah, and I think that the Laura Lempod girls kind of touched on this in our chat with them last week. When we were talking about Frederick, and he is definitely one of those characters that I think a lot of readers have kind of flipped their switch about him because we learn more about him, and he grows quite a lot. He undergoes some changes. That would be an understatement of the century. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just start with Frederick. Throughout season three... He does a lot of self-reflecting, and he gets a lot of help from a new character. Yes, and I'm very excited to get into him. Do we want to start with where Frederick started from, though? Talk a little bit about where he began first. Yeah, let's start with that. So Frederick, when we meet him, he is kind of an immature 17-year-old. He has all of these preconceived notions for who his romantic partner is going to be, the role that they're going to play in his life. It's kind of childish, and it makes sense because he is 17. He's really young. Him and Gwen are both really, really young. And his idea of love is based off of a fairy tale, the Angel of Fortune. And when he meets Gwen and he realizes that things aren't going according to his internal fairy tale, the story, this narrative that he's laid out for himself, he kind of doesn't react in the kindest way. No, his immaturity comes out in spades. Yeah, do you want to talk about this a little bit? Because I know you've said that you relate to Frederick and the place he was in in his life. Yeah, I am also the youngest of three brothers. I'm not a prince. Sorry, ladies. (laughs) But I really do relate to Frederick and his struggles, especially with being bullied and constantly being compared to your brothers and the sort of smallness you feel that you have to face at some point in your life, and that Frederick, when he does lash out and do dumb stuff earlier in the stories, he had not worked on himself, on that part of himself, at that point in the story. And it's so gratifying in season three that this is the main focus of his character. Same here. I am so glad that we got this arc and this growth from Frederick, because season one was about Gwen and her journey a little bit, and Frederick was explored more into season two. I think season two was about the exploration of his character and backstory, and then in season three, it's about his growth and these realizations that he has. It is so good, and it's done so well, and you talked about Whitney, and one of the things I love most that Cursed Princess Club did with him and his character, I'm talking about Frederick here, not just Whitney, although we'll get to Whitney, is that The realizations that he has and the growth that he experiences, the self-reflection that he does, is through his encounter with Whitney. And I love that because we see from the beginning that 
one of the big reasons that Frederick feels the way he does and the way he reacts the way he does is because of his lack of support. He feels a lack of support from people around him, from his family, from his brothers, and he doesn't have friends. So I love that this happens through an encounter with the first person he meets. The first friend he makes, really, on his own, helps him realize this, and this is where he gets the support. It's just so well done. It's really smart. I love that whole section. Yeah, and it's not just Frederick internally that's getting worked on. He's also trying to ask Gwen out to the gala and give her the ticket and do all of these things, which are just so wonderful and juicy to see. It all ties in together so well. Whitney is the first friend slash outside support that Frederick has ever had, and it leads him to having this greater understanding about himself. And to me, this kind of echoes Prez's words that she said, I think, at least multiple times. I remember her saying it multiple times in CPC, although I don't remember the exact episode number. But it's about us not being able to do it alone. Sometimes we need to rely on others to either love us or help us get to where we need to go. And Frederick's journey is a good example of that. I don't know that he would have gotten to the place that he came to without Whitney. He may have gotten there. I think it would have taken him longer. And I think Whitney not only gives him someone to relate to and empathize with, but also gives him kind of an older mentor figure almost who has been through the things that he's feeling right now and can give him perspective yeah older mentor figure is a great way to put it whitney is he's not 100 percent put together because there's still some things he has to sort through and work with other people on but he gives frederick so much perspective and that as you said is so invaluable yeah especially coming from another character who has gone through some of the same competitive Things and feelings with his own brothers. He even notices it when he sees the family dynamic at the dinner party that Gwen puts on. He thinks to himself, oh, I've seen this before. Yeah. Oh, man, you're right. I kind of forgot that that happened, but that's true. It, it all works together so well. By the way, I love this moment when Frederick invited Whitney into the dinner party saying that he was this. That was so good. Saying that he was his friend, I cut myself off, but that was such a great moment. Ugh. Yep, and it wasn't a lie. And yep. Yeah, it just made the moment all the more special. I was like, Frederick has a friend. It's so good. Yeah, I like too that his brothers, Blaine and Lance, are also a little surprised, also happy and supportive too at the same time. Yeah, I think Frederick's relationship with his brothers, they're definitely very different people, but I do really like and appreciate that. Even though they have their differences, Lance is kind of a jock himbo type. Blaine is a little bit, he's more vain, you know, vain Blaine. That's horrible. I'm going to stop making terrible rhyming jokes. It's hard not to be insane for Blaine is what you meant to say. Yes, that too. Um, we're all insane for Blaine. Uh, totally. Anyway, moving on. They're different types of people. Blaine's obviously this model. Uh, he reminds me of like a k-pop idol type with the fan club and with the modeling with all the things like that and frederick is more down to earth he's more bookish he majored in administrative support so you know who you're working with <laughs> side note i love that gwen like 
finds it very not only very helpful but also kind of cool i love that bit (laughs) that was so good i loved that little section uh and then like abby and syrah i'm saying syrah's name wrong but that's what we're going with today i love that they're in the background like i guess it's attractive if someone's good at something anything (laughs) oh it's just more evidence that gwen and frederick are really on the same page they are But anyway, my point, though, initially that I was trying to get to is that while Blaine, Lance, and Frederick are very different people, I do really appreciate that genuine care that you spoke about that Blaine and Lance have towards Frederick. They genuinely want what's best for him, even though they may be a little bit misguided and a little bit self-centered in how they try and encourage him, you know? It's that blind spot that they have where they don't realize that Frederick is actually a different person than they are and so the same things that work for them may not necessarily work for him but they're well-meaning and they care and that is what matters. That definitely counts for a lot and it shows a nice little bit of characterization for Frederick because of what we'll get to later with Gwen being blind to the love that other people have for Frederick is also a little bit blind to some of the love from his brothers because inside of season three, he starts to notice their care and take note of it much more so than before. He does. And something else that I love that he does is he starts to differentiate himself from his brothers at the same time. He acknowledges their care and love, but he also starts to recognize the importance of striking out on his own path because, like we talked about before, Blaine and Lance try and help Frederick ask Gwen out, but it's in ways that they would do it that would work for them. And Frederick is not his brother's. He needs to do it in his own way that works for him. And that is what he comes to. This speaks to some of the things that I love about Frederick's growth in this season. Once he has his realization with his feelings for Gwen, it doesn't suddenly change him as a person. He doesn't suddenly become a different person. He's not confident and a go-getter. He's still awkward. He's still shy. And he's still very unsure, even though he knows how he feels now. But his feelings for Gwen are kind of a propellant. They remind him of his motivation for change and growth because it doesn't become less difficult for him to do these things. The stakes are higher now because he has a reason to grow and to fight his inner nature and to expand himself as a person and you see this in his two attempts i guess to ask gwen out he's hella awkward in both of them it's really funny i don't find it as funny i just feel for him (laughs) oh my heart went out to especially the first time when he puts the gala ticket in the book and he hands the book to gwen and she just and she just hands it back Like, it's nothing. Oh, my heart broke in that moment. Uh, Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Poor baby. Yeah, it's definitely one of those webtoons that, and we all have media and shows and books like this where you just feel an intense secondhand embarrassment for the character because you have also been there that's exactly it for me i have been there exactly frederick oh my heart just my heart broke a little bit poor baby yeah i think 
that willpower meter that was at the side that we kept seeing, that gag was was really good. Yeah, it's funny. That gag about the willpower meter, I actually did something similar when I was younger. I would keep a notebook with me and just like <laughs> keep track of how much like willpower I thought I had left in the day. So like I could like gauge if I like, you know, could take this kind of stuff or do like hard stuff. Anyway, it's not important. Anyway. So what you're saying is you are Frederick. Uh, I am not the protagonist of this story. Maybe of my own story. That's true. You're the main character of your own story. But yeah, I guess you relate hella hard. Uh <laughs> I, I guess I really do. I really, really do. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, as an outsider of that experience, that willpower meter that he had, it just kept lowering and lowering. And I was impressed because normally Frederick's baseline is to just give up by that point. But he keeps going. There's a point where he is in the art duel, which by itself, by the way, is a hilarious concept to just have a duel of painting. It's amazing. I love, too, how they get there. And it's because Frederick doesn't want to do anything physical in a duel. And so Leopold's like, well, I choose painting. Duh. <laughs> it's like, I obviously choose painting. And then all of his brothers are like, oh, crap. I forgot. He's an art prodigy. And I was like, yeah. Yep. <laughs> They're like, what have we done? <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I love Leopold. He's he's one of my faves. He's great. But back to the art duel and Frederick. There's a moment when he is about to give up. Our boy has hit his limit. He is like, why am I here? This is horrible. I'm giving up. I can't paint and I'm going to lose. But then he looks over at Gwen and he sees her face. And that's all he needs. He just is reminded of why. Why he's doing this. Why he's even here at the Pastel Palace. And he keeps going. And I love that. I love it. It's, it's exactly what Gwen is going through. And just seeing Frederick also go through and also get it. Oh, it was so, so satisfying. And then when he goes to try again... He is much more successful the second time around because he's realized that he doesn't need to be like his brothers. He just needs to try and be himself. And that is exactly how he wins her over. Man, speaking of Gwen and Frederick both going through the same experience, that scene in the party with the Cursed Princess Club in their mansion where Gwen and Frederick are off to the side and they're planning the dinner party. And it is kind of funny. It is, it is actually kind of hilarious to see them go through almost the same feelings and the same experience. They're both just so in their heads. Gwen's like, oh, I shouldn't bother you with my problems. And, you know, you're helping me and da 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 I should be grateful. And Frederick is like, oh, I'm being so boring. I'm so lame. I'm so sorry that we're only talking about budgets and party planning and oh gosh these poor little babies <laughs> it's exactly what makes it super cute and they eventually get on the same page it's great and i love the use of the ribbon too by the way it's the ribbon that gwen gets from monica when monica is trying to gift this bear to her and gwen is like oh it's okay i'll just take the ribbon and it's such a good tie-in because she wears it and it helps her feel confident and it's like the cursed princess club members are with her in this moment and she's 
bolstered by their support and by their love. And it features in this confession scene because when she feels uncomfortable, she starts to take off the ribbon off her hair. And Frederick stops her and he's like, no, 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 keep it. I like it. I like how you look. And then he confesses to her and oh, it's just so well done. It is so, so well done. And and right before that happens, Sarah, Syrah, I think it's Sarah, helps fix it for her. Like, oh, oh, it ties together so nicely. Pun intended. <laughs> oh, the symbolism. It's just, it's just really good. Uh, yeah, this moment was great. And she also looks really cute in it. Yeah, it suits her really well. It's a great color for her. 10 out of 10. And this is such a great moment for both Frederick and Gwen because they're both coming together in that moment. And he confesses and she says yes. And we haven't even gotten to Gwen yet because there's just so much here. There is. And this moment is the culmination of not only Frederick's growth in his journey over the course of season three, but Gwen's as well. And I would argue, and you can feel differently, like feel free to contradict me on this. I would argue that Gwen's growth and journey was slightly on the back burner to Frederick's this season because he had the big moments of realization, but we do get a lot of great moments from her as well, and she's still continuing her healing journey. I would disagree slightly in that I don't think it quite it takes the back burner, but it's that her moments are just much smaller and they tend to be a bit more incremental. Frederick's are kind of big in comparison. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense to me. I'm good with that. What moments stood out to you this season? Those small, quiet moments of growth from her? There's a couple. The one I'd point to, the one I have to start with, is the one that happens earlier on in season three. And that's Gwen's time getting to know Leopold, actually. I like Leopold. And I know a lot of people were suspicious about him. We talked about this in our first Curse Princess Club episode back in the day, our first season review. A lot of people thought he was kind of shady. I think mostly because he was getting in between the Frederick and Gwen ship. But I really appreciate him as a character. And you could tell he has character. He has a moral center. And it comes through in his interactions with Gwen. Yeah. And he really does present himself as a emotionally intelligent person, too, because He's one of the few characters in Cursed Princess Club who recognizes really what Gwen is going through, or rather, what Gwen means when she says certain things, like, can you teach someone how to love themselves? And what he recognizes in the moment is that Gwen is, you know, going through a journey of self-love and just self-discovery, and that this is not really the time nor place to, you know... Try and further his relationship with her, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I hard agree about the emotional maturity and the emotional intelligence that he displays. You're right in that a lot of characters don't see Gwen the way that he does. And it's really all about listening. They don't listen to the words she's saying. They don't listen to her experiences. And he has his attention on her and he is listening to what she is putting down. And that is something that I can appreciate in a character so much. It really goes to show how either self-centered or blind some of these characters are 
to the people around them, even the ones who love Gwen deeply, like Jamie. Jamie has his own things that he's going through. He's so protective to the point where he doesn't realize the feelings of the person that he's actually trying to protect, you know? And Leopold picking up on Gwen's insecurity and self-doubt and essentially worthlessness also, almost, when she tells him, I won't let that happen again, in reference to his question of whether or not she has feelings for Frederick. Oh, God, that just... Oh, that broke me because, I mean, I feel it. I've been there where you feel like nothing good is going to come from liking this person or you like them, but that person won't like you anyway. So there's no point in even trying or even going there. It's like you're shutting yourself down before someone else has a chance to. And that just comes from a place of hurt. She's been hurt really badly. And I understand what that's like to not want to be hurt again. And Leopold gives her great advice in response to this, that one can only accept love in as much as they allow it within themselves, because he knows that Gwen has not been allowing it within herself. When she first asks him, can you teach me how to love and accept myself? One of the first conversations they have was Gwen telling him that she doesn't think she's beautiful, or rather, she had thought she was beautiful. But she had recently learned otherwise, and that everyone around her, though, had told her she was beautiful growing up. And she's worried about relying so much on other people's support in order to bolster herself up and feel okay about herself. But Leopold also points out to her that her letting the words of someone, some random person, he doesn't know that it's Frederick, but some person who comes and invalidates those words, her letting that affect the words of the people she loves and letting that invalidate those words, those words of love and care, is an insult to those people. And that's one of the things that she can do for herself is to believe them when they say these things. And I can tell you from firsthand experience that, oh, this is so real. Self-esteem issues, imposter syndrome, self-confidence, all of these things are so real. We all experience them at different stages of our lives, and they always come back in some form or another, especially when we're doing something new or when we're faced with something new that we've never faced before. And one of the hardest things to do is to believe someone when they say something good about you. It is so difficult. But it is such a valuable lesson, and it's one Gwen needs. I think it's a lesson that we all need, and I think it's something, too, that everyone needs to be reminded of from time to time. Rereading season three in preparation for this episode definitely gave me a good reminder of that. Yeah, and honestly, same. It's funny, because I didn't feel this impact straight to my heart, straight to my gut, actually, when I first read this, as it was updating weekly, but Going back and rereading it is, it's something different. It hits different. Yeah, I hear you. I had the exact same experience as you, Gertie. Reading it week by week was fun, but the most heartfelt moments I've gotten from CPC was rereading it all at once. Mm-hmm. It's heartwarming, too, to watch Gwen grow and develop in these small ways throughout the season. The difference between her telling Leopold, 
I won't let that happen again to the moment when Syrah and the other CPC members tell her that she can allow herself to notice things that she couldn't before. Like she could allow herself to accept these feelings. So good. Yeah, it is. It's cool, though, because I like where Lambcat and Curse Princess Club is taking Gwen's journey. Because end of season three, she's not done with her healing yet. And this is such a great message to put out. And it's consistent with everything else that Curse Princess Club has posited as well. All about self-love, self-acceptance, self-confidence. Even as Gwen's relationship with Frederick is progressing. And it is super cute, by the way. Frederick is being really sweet. The way he helped her through planning that dinner party and even at the dinner party where he was helping her out but not getting in her way. I don't know. That was such boyfriend material to me that screamed that. But even as it's progressing, even as she's experiencing all of these moments that she wants to experience with Frederick, these moments that should be making her happy inside and making her toes curl, giving her butterflies, and they are, but the wrong kind of butterflies. She's getting these stomach pains and this general sense of unease, even as she's experiencing all these romantic, swoon-worthy moments in a way. And it's very clear that she's not at ease with herself. And her relationship with Frederick can't proceed until she's at ease with herself, until she is healing. And the other characters acknowledge this as well. Prez says in the finale, Gwen is still learning how to love herself. So her journey is very much not over. Yeah, let's talk about Prez a little bit because we haven't mentioned her too much. At the end of season two, we learn about Prez's backstory. And in season three, it all starts to come back to her. Yeah, Prez of all characters knows what it's like to not be fully recovered and to still be healing. There's things that she hasn't addressed that she gets confronted with in this season in the form of a certain white-haired Whitney. Yeah, who shows up right in front of her and she doesn't have a choice in confronting it. And actually, I want to point out that Whitney acknowledges that and even apologizes for it, which I think is a great, great show of character for Whitney. Mm-hmm. He's definitely come a long way. And actually, that whole confrontation with Whitney was so great because you could see all of the pent-up anger and pain and grief that Prez has been holding inside of her. And she's worked so hard and spent so much energy on the club, on making it a positive space, on having a positive impact and empowering these cursed princesses and Saffron that she hasn't stopped to process her own feelings. And in fact, she's pulled a Gwen. She's actively avoided them. Her reflection is just fine, though, but yeah, she definitely pulled a Gwen. Yeah, and honestly, I feel it. I have definitely pulled many Gwens in my day, still pulling Gwens to this day. Yeah, we've been there. <laughs> Same, been there, doing that, done that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, you're, <laughs> you're never fully over it, unfortunately. No, uh, life is like that, but... This confrontation with Whitney gives Prez a chance to really work out her feelings. And I love that moment when she's so angry and he's standing in front of her ready to take the hit. And she's just wondering to herself, where is all this anger coming from? Everyone is safe. Everything has been mostly resolved. 
Where is this coming from? My heart in that moment just went out to her. Just, ah. It's so real. That confusion and pain. But I love what she does with it. Which is, she punches the hell out of Curtis's poor cake. Maybe it's just because I'm hungry right now, but, oh, the cake. The poor, poor cake. R.I.P. Yeah. I'm glad, though, that Prez got a got a way to express her anger and her frustration, though. It was great. She got a chance to let out all of these feelings. She hates her curse. She hates the fact that her parents abandoned her. She hates the fact that she has to think about her period so much, which, that's a mood. I understand that very well. And Prez, I am truly sorry that you do need to experience that. That sounds like absolute hell. But the point is that she's able to get these feelings out and finally confront her own emotions. Because I think that was the scariest part of all this for her. And she finally forgives Whitney. She even forgives Frederick. Everything is good. Everything's resolved. And there is peace in the Cursed Princess Club once again. Yeah. It's so peaceful, in fact, that other characters have time to think about and ruminate on what happened with Aurelia earlier in season two, and she comes back. The CPC sends her a card, and she gets to come back to the Cursed Princess Club. And she makes quite an entrance back. One of the main missions of the Cursed Princess Club in season three is the CPCPC. P? I forget how many there are, but... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like CPCPCC? I think there's six. There's six and there's a season yeah, piece in regardless. there. regardless. Regardless. That's their main mission is to find out whether Gwen is cursed or not. And they land a dinner invite through Gwen's schooling program at home, basically, with Miss Agatha. Because they're supposed to be these elite princesses in the conservatory that Gwen is supposedly attending. So they land a dinner party invite to the Pastel Palace. And it's their chance to sort of find out more about her parentage. Because Gwen really doesn't know anything. And this is where Aurelia kind of comes in to save the day. Because she shows up back at the CPZ headquarters just in time to fill in as one of the students to go to Gwen's dinner party. And she knocks it out of the park. She's had a full little redemption arc, which I personally really, really loved and was on board with. And she does something kind of big at the dinner in that she raises her voice and she stands up for Gwen and she talks back to Jack the King. To quote Abby, the crown jewels on this princess snaps, snaps from the webtoon room for sure. Yeah, and while the king doesn't quite get it, it's clear that it's important to everyone else there. Yeah, she made a statement, for sure, which wasn't the original plan, honestly. The original plan was to sort of be inconspicuous, sneak in, which they do, and they find out some interesting stuff about Gwen's family, her dad, and her mom. Yeah, this is getting into the finale of the season, and man, there were a lot of juicy details we learned. Take us into it. I'm ready. Yeah, we learn about Jack's past and his very, very beautiful youth he used to have. He's still beautiful, don't get me wrong, but how insanely gorgeous he used to be. And we finally get to see a portrait of Gwen's mother. 
and Gwen looks just like her. The likeness is there. Yeah, I think you called this one out, actually, as like a possible theory. Yeah, we mentioned this in last week's episode with Laura Limpod. There was a theory that I read a long time ago that posited that Gwen is not cursed, but that she just looks like her mom, and her mom has that green appearance with the skin and the hair, and that is why everyone thinks that she is so beautiful, because Gwen looks like her mom, and they all loved her mom so much. And yeah, hit the nail right on the head, man. That was spot on. Yeah, and this set up a lot of questions for season four, especially with Leland, the Plaid King, and his wife, the Queen. There's some dialogue and there's some panels that suggest the story is a bit more complicated than it seems. There's still a lot we don't know. Yeah, definitely. To be honest with you, I don't really have any theories about what happened there. Do you? I don't have any burning theories either. I'm just so curious about what is to come. You know what I'm curious about, actually? I'm curious about King Jack. Because we learn kind of what his deal is, what's his reasoning behind him locking up his kids basically at home all the time and not able to go out. But he mentions something unfinished, that there's something for him that he needs to do. And I'm wildly curious about what he is planning. I don't know what's up with that guy. So I, I don't know if the two are related, but man, these parents... They've got some stuff up their sleeves, I guess. There's definitely a storied history that we're not privy to yet. Yeah, do you think it might be related to what happened with Gwen's mom? We got into it a little bit in the Laura Limpad episode, so we won't really get into it here, but she was not, unfortunately, as happy as the Chris Princess Club is working on making Gwen. She went through a lot of hardships. Yeah, we can say that for sure. What else are you curious about? especially with where this finale left us. Oh man, I think we've got a lot of stuff in play. We've got Maria and Beckett Dandridge, for one, uh, which, I don't know, is it setting up for a possible elopement with Beckett? Because that's been kind of an underground storyline that's just been surfacing now. It's been burning slowly under the surface. Lieutenant Dandra, sorry, Dandridge, <laughs> he gets it wrong too. Don't worry, guys. Oh, poor Betty. And then Whitney, Curtis being unexpectedly, well, not completely unexpectedly, but he's being really protective over Prez and actively threatening Whitney. How shady does that make him? Because I actually personally think Whitney is heartfelt in everything that he's expressed so far. I don't think he's got any nefarious intentions, but Curtis has an unerring sense for most things. I don't know where it's going to go. I'm really curious. And then, of course, we've got the crush, the pastel princesses cliffhanger that we got left on with Jamie. Yeah, it was a little bit of a cliffhanger for sure. If I'm being honest, my first instinct is that it's going to be something that's resolved fairly quickly in season four. I don't think it's going to linger all the way to the series finale, but I think it's going to provide us a lot of entertainment. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. Cursed Princess Club is a webtoon, has always had Gwen and Frederick at the center of it, and it only makes sense for the next season. Right. And not just Gwen and Frederick, but the theme of self-acceptance, self-love that 
Lambcat does so well and conveys so well in this webtoon, it's going to be a core part of the resolution. Because as it stands, Gwen has made strides towards healing and accepting herself and loving herself. But she's still early in her journey. And she chooses to be selfish in a moment not to truly help herself, but in order, as we said, to run away, to avoid these negative emotions and feelings. And she just wants to skip to her happy ending. And oh, like it hurts because I understand that feeling. But oh, Gwen, it really doesn't work like that. You can't. You can't do that to yourself, Gwen. And you can't skip to a happy end. You've got to deal with the crack in the mirror. Otherwise, it's going to stay there and there's going to be fallout in other places. Yeah, this is such a real moment for a lot of people, I'm sure, where you have a relationship with somebody where they only see the high highs and they don't do the work on everything in between and you can't ignore everything else. You have to do the work. I know, it sucks. And I think we've been on the other side of that too. Being the person who just wants to be happy and sometimes I get it. You know, it is exhausting. It is tiring and it sucks. It Sometimes it just plain sucks to do the work and to dig into yourself and to heal yourself and to love yourself. But you can't skip it. And that's something Gwen is going to learn in season four. Whether she wants to or not, I think she will. All right. Another season of CPC in the books. What did you think, Will? What a great season. There were so many things to love. I want to shout out some of the small things that we didn't get to mention earlier, like just how dang funny this entire season has been and how the jokes have just stayed so darn funny. Freaking legend. Like, first of all, comedy is so hard to write well and to write it in a way where it's so clean and so wholesome, but the timing is perfect. It's just this series just does gut-busting comedy in the best way. So good. Yeah, and the different kinds of humor got to me too. There's the funny callbacks like Abby learning different words like cognac or hoomst, but there's also the hilarious one-off gags like we have of Prez running in a school uniform because she's late for the dinner with toast in her mouth, and I laughed so hard when I first read that. There's so many small little gems, too. Curse Princess Club is just like a hug to read every single time. It is so good. One of our favorites. It was also interesting, too, though, because this was the first season that you and I read update by update. We got to binge season one and season two for the most part, but season three was a different reading experience. Yeah, I've sort of changed my mind about certain chapters when I was reading it week by week, and we've had these discussions before, Crudy, where I felt like certain chapters weren't as strong as others, and I've changed my mind. I thought this way about the two chapters spent in Monica's bedroom. I was a little weirded out when I first read it, and now, after being able to binge it again, I love these chapters. There's such a great way for Gwen and Monica to have like a very intimate conversation, and for us, the reader, to get a peek into both of these characters. It was 
really, really smartly done. I suspect that that would be the case for a lot of CPC for me as well, because there were a couple of chapters here and there. I would actually still maintain there are a couple chapters here and there that aren't as tight as everything else is. But I do think that CPC largely is a webtoon that really does well and really comes across well when you're able to binge it so you can get the whole story and you can feel the emotional impact of everything as you read it. It it really, I think, is at its best when consumed that way. If you've gotten to this point in our episode and you haven't read Cursed Princess Club or Season 3, go do it. It's such a treat. 10 out of 10. We recommend it. Yeah. Reading Cursed Princess Club really does, to me at least, feel like a warm blanket after you've come inside from the rain. It's so comforting. It's so wholesome. And it holds you well when everything else outside isn't going too good. Absolutely. And this is something we covered in our Sensitive Topics podcast episode. If you haven't checked that out yet, we highly recommend it. That episode in particular is really special to the both of us. To me, honestly, it feels like one of the most important things I will have ever made, probably in my lifetime. Same here. And that is the episode that we go into a little bit more detail about why Curse Princess Club hit so hard and all of the wonderful ways that it touches us in our humanity and all of our varied human experiences. And there's so many other themes that we haven't really been able to touch on in this episode. Otherwise, it would be three hours long. But it is truly heartwarming. It truly makes me feel like one with humanity. It makes me feel seen. And I suspect I'm not the only one that feels that way. You definitely aren't. And I feel hurt, too. And we hope for those of you that read Cursed Princess Club, that love Cursed Princess Club, that you're able to feel this feeling, too. And if you do, you are definitely not alone. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of The Webtoon Room. It's always a pleasure having you here, and Curdy and I, of course, always love talking about Cursed Princess Club. So thank you for listening to what we had to say. Thank you again for being here. We're so glad that you made it to the end. We'd love to connect with you all on social media. You can find us at The Webtoon Room on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to email us something, we're at thewebtoonroom at gmail.com. We had so much fun making today's podcast, and we can't wait to see you again next time. Bye-bye for now. See ya.